Everybody say this. The house my spirit lives in. Now, when I first wrote that, and we begin the series today, Two Shall Become One. Today begins a series for the remainder of this month, Two Shall Become One, each week dealing with a different subject, different topic. Today we're going to be talking about the house my spirit lives in. When I first knew Holy Spirit was putting that statement in my heart, I inquired, what do you, my spirit, what about the house your spirit lives in? And he quickly brought my attention to the series title, which is Two Shall Become One. I cannot accept with my words what I have not accepted in my heart. So he said, it isn't my spirit, it's your spirit, because we become one. When we become one, when you say yours or mine, it is speaking of a singular there's no more plural. There's no more lines. This will begin to make sense to you, perhaps, I hope, in just a moment. But there's some things that I want to talk about with this because I think it's applicable to where we are. No doubt in this room there are people that are dealing with different things in your life that most people know nothing about except God and maybe those closest to you. That is true almost any given day in any given person's life. There are things that are within you, in your mind, in your heart, in your body, in your spirit that you are dealing with and you are addressing and you are walking out that you are aware of. I can tell you today, you need to hear what I'm saying. I'm going to start out with this statement. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter how small or great it might seem. If you can accept that two shall become one, if you can accept that your house is a temple that the Father dwells in, therefore His Spirit is your spirit, if you can accept that He has a desired outcome for that temple, there is nothing small nor great that can remain that. The small things or the great things can become nothing. You need to hear me. The things that are either small or great can become nothing. If I can accept who I am and who it is that is in me, not apart from me, not aside me, but in me, until His in me becomes His of me. So today I want to talk about this, the house my spirit lives in. Not just a house, but a temple. Everybody say this with me. Not just a house, but a temple. I have to come to the place where I am seeing this. Everybody go like this. Everybody say, I have to come to the place where I see this for what it is. In the eyes of God. I have to see this for what it is in the eyes of God. I have to see this. Not for what it is in my eyes. If I see it for only what it is in my eyes, I see what hurts. I see what tickles. I see what itches. I see what whatever burns. But if I see this for what it is in His eyes, 
I don't see what hurts. I don't see what itches. I don't see what burns. I don't see what groans. I see a temple. I had a, one of many, but I had recently, numerous times, I had to go into the dermatologist to get things removed and uh, skin cancers from when I was a child and got sunburned. I didn't get sunburned when I was a kid. I got blistered, man. I was cooked. If I went out in the sun because I'm, I'm a pale white guy, and um, man, when I'm, I mean, I put the white, the in white. <laughs> and... Um, when I, when I would go to the beach, I walk out in the sun, and the sun just jumped all over me. I mean, it became my backpack, it became my cloak, it became my garment, and I never knew how much the sun loved me until that night when I was taking a shower or going to bed, and suddenly, and I'm going to just tell you the reality of it on my nose, I couldn't go in the sun without it literally would get, and back in those days, sunscreen wasn't then what sunscreen is. Why would I say back in those days? (laughs) A few years ago, sunscreen wasn't what it is today. So it just didn't do, or it was not as effective then as it is now. And then people didn't like to use what was available because there was really only one option, and that was zinc. And you put zinc on, and it was like putting pudding, literally cake frosting on your face because it was white. It was one color. For a guy like me that was as white as I am, it wasn't as obvious. But for people who are a little darker than me, it became obvious. And, but I would try to wear that. But then you were embarrassed to wear it. Everybody in those days, just like not in those days, everybody a few years ago had the same heart that we do now. In fact, it's kind of, I can't, Steve, stay off the bandwagon. Or stay off, not the bandwagon, the soapbox. But everybody wanted to be tan. Everybody wanted to be tan. So it's like people are fun. Anyway, stay off the soapbox, Steve. Everybody wanted to be tan, and we would go out, and I worked a roofing job. So I would put in sheet metal roofs, and I would go up on that roof, and I wouldn't wear anything. And the, uh, the roof in Houston, Texas, it would be so hot, we would wear tennis shoes. If any of you have ever done metal roofs, and they have those ribs on there, you know what I'm about to tell you. It would be so hot that the metal roof would literally melt through the soles of your shoes and you wanted it to. Because what would happen is when we would walk on those roofs on the Wyndham Hotel or whatever hotels we might be doing at the time that was way up in the air and you're strapped to a cord and safety cord and you always used it, but we would walk up there and you would put your foot in the heat of the day on the ribs of that metal roof, the ribs, like on this building, the ribs only go up, I don't know, three quarters inch or an inch, and it would burn through that sole so it would cut a gap. And that would cause it to grip. It would create a kind of a gooey and it would cause that the soles and then to grip real well. You didn't wear steel toe boots or anything like that, but you'd wear those tennis shoes and it would grip. But it would be so hot. And, and, I, and I tell you that because the sun would bake and I would go home and every single day, my nose, there was never a day or rarely a day that water was not running out of a blister on top of my nose and forehead. Always blistered. Always blistered on my forehead everywhere. Always blistered, always blistered. And that was the nature of, for me, growing up in Houston, Texas, because I was always in the sun. I was always outside. We didn't have what so many have today. Most kids today, they don't even know. How do you get outside? And um, (laughs) is there a map? And, uh, but... Then we were outside all the time, and so I was always burned, I was always blistered, my neck, my shoulders, never wore a shirt back in those days, never go without one these days, and, um, but was always blistered. So because of that, there's consequences, and the consequences have been that I've had I don't, I've lost count. I don't even know how many uh, spots that I've had removed, some cancerous, some not. And, uh, but I went in, and I was getting a little bit tired of getting cut on. And uh, if you've been one that's ever had to get more than a few of those things removed, it gets a little old, especially when they start digging in there and you're stitched up and you always feel like you got stitches somewhere on your body. And um, 
I had walked into the doctor's office, the dermatologist, some months, a few couple months ago, and I had had another spot on the back of my neck removed. Most spots that I get removed, I can see. The ones they did on my nose, they took a chunk out of my shoulder, and they would put skin grafts, and they would patch it up real good, so you can't hardly tell that I've had things. My nose has been reshaped a couple of times. And, um, but um, this one was on the back of my neck, so I couldn't really see it. But I went in there, and I really don't like how can I say this? I don't like to be cared for. I don't like, I like, that's not the right way. How do I say it? I, I like, when I'm not well, if I'm sick, my wife likes to nurse. I'm just the guy that's like, I'm going to get through it. Just shut the door and I'll see you when I'm on the other side. <laughs> I don't need soup and water and all of that stuff when I'm sick I just want to get through it and so I've always been able to do the care of my parts and pieces that were stitched up and what have you and uh, so I went in this time well it was on the back of my neck so I knew there's no way I'm going to be able to take care of that I'm going to have to let my wife do that and she does fantastic she does great um, it's not that she doesn't do a good job it's that I'm not a good patient and um, so <laughs> I don't like to have uh, infirmity, I guess, and um, so because it's not who I'm promised and destined to be. So I come out of there, and I get in my truck, and I said this to the men last month, but I get in my truck, and I'm sitting there, and I said, you know what, God, I'm really tired of all this. I keep coming in here. I keep giving these people money to cut chunks out of me and stitch me back up, and I'm tired of it. I'm tired of feeling like they're taking me apart a piece at a time. These are just my words. I'm just telling you. I'm a real person, and I'm, I'm talking real. Don't doubt my faith. I have plenty of faith. I have plenty of faith. But also had skin cancer. Basal cell wasn't bad, but it was bad enough. And um, so I sat in that truck, and I said, if you don't like the condition of this temple because I'm doing everything I know to do to care for it I never go outside without sunscreen anymore or a hat if you don't like the condition of this temple fix it I'm not begging you for healing I want you to restore I don't want to be healed of a condition I want to be restored to my original condition I don't want to go back to what it was like right before they had to cut it out. I want to go back to what it was like before you put flesh on the Spirit. Do you hear me today? So I'm asking you today, because I honor you and I take care of this temple, I'm asking you today to make this temple the kind of home you want to live in. Because I'm, I am doing all I know to do. It's a simple thing. It's a little cut on the back of the neck. It's not a big deal. There were like eight stitches, but it was a simple little thing. It's not a big deal at all. But in the spirit realm, it could have been eight stitches or it could have been open heart surgery. And in the eyes of God, he can do one just as well as another. Do you hear what I'm saying to you this morning? So I need to look at this thing. How do I come to the place where I see this for what it is, that this is a temple of God? We're going to approach that today. And I'm going to ask you this. Is this His temple, or is this our temple, my temple? I'm going to read something in a minute, but before I do, I'm going to ask you the question. Think about it. When you look at me, is this God's temple or is this my temple? Whose temple is this? 
me tell you why I asked that question. Because if I believe that it's my temple, if I believe that this is my temple, I'm going to limit its ability to do the miraculous or to be the miraculous. If this is my temple, I'm going to expect that my wood might rot. I'm going to expect that my foundation might have a crack in it. I'm going to count the days before perhaps the paint begins to fade. If I see this is my temple. But what happens? If I can let Holy Spirit take me on the kind of journey that lets my eyes open wide so that when I look in the mirror I no longer see my temple but I see His temple where all things miraculous dwell. Where healing is present. Where deliverance is without measure. Forgiveness has no limit. If I see this as His temple, I remove the barriers. I remove the things that hinder me in my mind about believing what's possible with this. Because if I believe God is God, and if I believe this is His temple, then I also believe that there's a condition He would like for His temple to be in. I want to read something to you. Turn with me this morning to Psalm 103, verses 1 and 3. 1 through 3. Psalm 103 reads like this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your disease. Or diseases. Read it again. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. The deepest place in me, my mind, my will, and my emotions. The soul of man. Bless the Lord, oh, my mind, my will, and my emotions. Bless the Lord, oh, my mind, my will, and my emotions. Come in line, mind, will, and emotion. Mind, will, and bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and everything else, all that is in me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, oh, my mind, my will, and my emotions. And do not forget His benefits while you're considering what you're walking out. <laughs> Bless the Lord. And He's saying this. He's saying, get your mind, your will, and your emotions on His promises so that you will not forget what His benefits are. Because if your mind, your will, and your emotions are on what ails you, you will quickly look away from the benefits and begin to look at the issue. It says, this is why you do it. Because He does two things. Everybody say two things. He does two things. You ready for this? This is what He does. If I can... Bless the Lord with my mind, with my will, and with my emotion. I will not forget what His benefits are, and He will forgive all 
of my iniquity, which is spirit, and he will heal all my diseases, which is body. He will cause the two to become one. He said, if I will come into and I will recognize this is not my temple. This is your temple. This is what you have loaned my spirit. This is what you have loaned me to dwell in. Now there is an atom that is trying to occupy the greatest part of it. There is an enemy trying to occupy the greatest part of it. But by the Holy Ghost, I'm positioning myself to see once again that this is not my temple. This is your temple. And if I can bless you with my mind, my will, and my emotions, I will not forget your promises to me. And you will forgive all my iniquity, which begins to bring this body into a place and you will heal all my diseases you will cause the spirit man and the body of this man to become one so that there is no difference not so that one butts up against the other his purpose for you and me is not that our mind, our will, and our emotions, our body comes in and comes up beside the Spirit of God. He's not interested in us coming up beside His Spirit. He's waiting for us to merge who we are so that there's no longer a line or a wall of division between one or the other. Are you hearing what I'm telling you this morning? When this merging begins to take place, the house my spirit lives in becomes the house he intended for me to occupy from the very beginning. And I take a whole different perspective of those things that I might see with one eye, but the other eye I see the truth. With one eye I see a fact, and with the other eye I see the truth. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your disease. Let me ask you a question. Do we, do you, ask of God because of what you want? Or is it actually God or Yahweh that wants something for us and he put what you're asking in your heart. Let me ask it again. Do we ask things of God because it is something that we want? Father, heal me. I'm praying for healing. Father, deliver me. I'm praying for deliverance. Do we ask of the Father because of what we want? Or is it possible that what we're asking is actually what He wants and He put it in our heart to ask in the first place? Are you tracking with me? Because if I see this as my temple, I'm asking God to fix what belongs to me. Deliver what belongs to me. Forgive what belongs to me. Heal what belongs to me. If I see this as His temple, then I have to accept. I come to a place where I, haven't, where I accept and receive and believe that what I'm asking for, God put in me because He doesn't like the condition of His temple. And he said, you would have never asked for what you're asking for if I did not put it in your heart because I want to get the spirit right get the right spirit in the house are you hearing me today am I asking this thing because I want it or am I asking it because you want it for your temple and I happen to be occupying this thing right now 
Do I want to be healed or does He want me to be healed? Do I want to be delivered or does He want me to be delivered? Do I want to know Him or does He want me to know Him? Have you ever considered, I'm sure you have, that wherever we are in our life, wherever we're headed, that it's the Father that's trying to get us somewhere? Think about this this morning. Let me go off subject for just a second. As you sit in this room this morning, if there's joy in your heart, you're joyful about something. Is the Father, do you have that joy because of something you did? Or is it a joy that the Father put in you because He's trying to get you somewhere He wants you to be? If you have a fence in your heart this morning, or anger, or unforgiveness, or despair, Is it there because it's something that you want to live out or you want to walk out? Or is it there because the Father put that there to get you somewhere? At the end of the day, I can tell you that what God wants for you and me is He wants to get us to the place where our dependence is upon Him and we take our reliance off ourselves. We have trained ourselves in the church world, we have trained ourselves in the kingdom of God today to be very minimally different than the guy you're going to meet at Publix when you leave here today to stop and pick up your rotisserie chicken. <laughs> but we can set ourselves apart. Christian we can position ourselves a different way and I want to hopefully provoke right now we can position ourselves differently so that I come to the place where this temple is not my temple but this temple is his temple and I can tell you if there's something out of place in this temple he's not happy with it but what makes him unhappy will not be fixed as long as I keep trying to rule and reign this temple with my mind my will and my emotions I have to bless Him with my mind, my will, and my emotions so that His Word can fill His Spirit that is in this temple and bring healing to it. Let me read another scripture. Ephesians chapter 1 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace, with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. Let me say something about this scripture very quickly, just to bring clarity to some folks that feel like everybody is predestined as uh, being a son or a daughter of God. Let me tell you, when He says, in love He predestined us for adoption, all that is saying is not that we are automatically adopted, not that we are automatically sons and daughters. It's saying that from the beginning of time, that's His purpose. Then He gave us a will, and whether or not we line up with that is up to you and me. He will not force us to know Him. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will, according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, in order to unite all things in Him, both things in heaven and things on earth. I was sharing just a little bit with my daughter, or with the staff this week, about what I was going to be talking about today in staff meeting. And my daughter, Kaylee, 
Parker came to me and she shared something with me that was in her heart. And I want to read this to you about where we are and what I'm talking about today. And I'm just going to read it like she wrote it. She said, Daddy, Holy Spirit has been illuminating me, illuminating to me the temple. My new song was originally called My Temple, but he had me change the title to The Temple. The temple is where you coexist with Yahweh. It is our temple, not my temple. Worship changes when you understand that God dwells within the framework of who you are. Your temple is where He rests. Your temple is the place where Christ makes intercession. Your temple is the place Yahweh rules and reigns from. If you are convicted by this, do not entertain shame. It's because we're disappointed in ourselves often that we assume that He too is disappointed in us. Those do not always align. Sometimes we're disappointed in ourselves over certain things that are completely irrelevant to the mind and heart of God and the purpose of God. If I brushed my teeth and was in a hurry and did it for a minute and a half instead of two minutes, if you know me, two minutes, you know my rule. My toothbrush has a timer on it. But if I'm in a hurry and I have to shut that toothbrush off just a few minutes early, I'm just not comfortable with that until I can get back to that toothbrush and finish what was started. Maybe for me, in some ways, that's legalism. It's also hygiene. And if I'm going to be legalistic about anything, it is my breath, Just stop there. <laughs> you should ask yourself what you need to do so that the framework of who you are, your body, your habits, your thought processes, whether or not you guard your gates, your friends, your music, etc., is a temple that is fit for royalty. You are the king that houses the king of kings creator of all, His Holy Spirit. And then she said, He told me to stop referring to Him with, quote, high, unquote, and, quote, low, unquote, references. While it is an important key to ascend and descend, these are not the key. He told me to release out, not up, and to draw in, not deeper. This has taken him from being a God that's arm's length away to being a God that is in me and accessible every second. This has caused me to consider this temple more than ever before. This house that my spirit lives in is his house and my house because we are one. It's his, but it only became mine because it's his and we became one. What works in Him also works in me. When I'm saying to you today, the house that my spirit lives in, two shall become one, we have to come to the place where we know and we accept and we understand that what He's doing in us, the Think, let me reword. Let me think this through. That's a long pause. Was anybody uncomfortable with that? My imperfections are due to my unwillingness to accept His perfection. 
my lack of healing is due to my unwillingness to accept His healing. My lack of faith is due to my unwillingness to accept that He is faithful. Any lack of hope is due to my unwillingness to accept that He gives hope. My lack of forgiveness is my unwillingness to accept that He has forgiven. My anger is my unwillingness to accept that He loves. Do you hear me today? The two shall become one, the Spirit of my God and this man. When I can accept that this temple is not my own, but it is Him, it is His. And you know what? What He wants for your temple? Do you know what He wants, Tom? You know what he wants to Misa for his for your for this temple that you lease. He wants you and he wants me, he wants us to simply say, Father, we will yield ourselves and we will with our mind, our will, and our emotions, we will bless you with everything that is in me, even when Blessing isn't what's on my mind. But I'm going to bless you with my mind, with my will, and my emotions. And in that moment, when I can say beyond everything else that might be present in my world, I can say, I bless you, O Lord, with all that is within me. I bless your holy name. And because I lift up my voice and I bless you beyond everything that's going on around me, everything that I feel, everything that I see, because I'm willing to bless you, I will not forget all your benefits, but I will be reminded of all of your benefits as your spirit begins to activate within this your temple. You begin to heal, you begin to forgive so that I can forgive. You begin to heal so that I can believe for healing for another. You begin to set free so that I can believe for another to be set free. You begin to do a work that is miraculous and I cannot do it on my own and I'm going to tell you in this room right now. There's people, you're living with things today. You are living with things today. Only listen to what I'm saying. Only because you choose to hang on to those things. You have it. Let me tell you the hard truth. Because you want it. You have it because you like it. Whether it be anger, whether it be sickness, whether it be disease, whether it be whatever, whether it be unforgiveness, whether it be offense, you have it, you possess it today because you have accepted that that is just who you are. And the Father said, it's not who I am. He says, in order for me to do a work, in order for me to get you through that unforgiveness, in order for me to get you through that fence, you're going to have to bless me, oh, your soul. You're going to have to get your mind off your offense. You're going to have to get your mind. You're going to have to bless me with your mind, with your will, and your emotion. You're going to have to take everything that's inside of you and focus it on me so you get it off of what's on you or in you or around you. He said, because then when we become one, when we really become one, When we really become one, you're going to begin to see what I see. You're going to begin to hear what I hear. Does anybody hear me in this room this morning? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now, you know, the travesty is that somebody might have just shaken off what I just said. The tragedy is. Somebody might have just said, man, that's just a bunch of church stuff. That's just a bunch of spiritual stuff. Well, shame on you. Go to hell if you want to. Because the truth is, you've got what you've asked for. You have become who you've wanted to be. You are living the life you have chosen 
to live. You are not hearing what I'm saying to you today. Oh, no, Steve, I didn't, I didn't choose to live this life. Yes, you did. Every choice you made got you exactly where you're at. Every place you visited laid something on you that made you look and act like you're looking and acting. You need to hear what I'm telling you right now. You are exactly where you have chosen to be. If you are in the middle of His purpose, you chose to be there. If you're in the middle of a fence, you are loving it. You are taking it all up. You might be telling everybody around you, I don't like the way I feel, but the truth is you're telling yourself, I am digging this, man. I like every bit of it. But I'm telling you, there's opportunity today to say, no more, no more, no more, no more, no more, no more. This is not what I choose. This is not what I choose. I choose not to be like this. So if we don't like who we are, let me tell you what God won't do. He's not going to fix you. God is not a fixer. God is a redeemer. Redemption never happened without the activation or the active participation of a man or a woman. Redemption happens because a man says, I repent. A woman says, forgive me. A woman, a man, whomever says, I did this. I got here on my own. Help me. And he says, now I can begin to do a work in you. I'll make you hate what you have come to love. He said, I'll make you come to the place where you despise what you have grown comfortable with. I'll make you itch where at one time it felt good. Suddenly that thing has become eczema to you. That thing that used to you thought looked like peace or felt like peace. You enjoyed that unforgiveness. You enjoyed that anger. You enjoyed that hopelessness. You enjoyed that despair. He said, if you'll trust me, if you'll get your mind, your will, and your emotions on me and bless me with all of that, he said, I'm going to turn all of that into something positive. I'm going to cause that despair to start aggravating you until you don't live there anymore and you're going to hate it you're going to hate it thank you, you be seated please two shall become one never a day has existed never a day has existed Kent never a single point in time not one, has ever existed where God had to encourage himself in the sense of, I'm not going to make it. Because he knew rising up and lying down every day exactly who he was. He knew from the time the sun rose till it set. I am God. And there is nothing that is without my approval. There is nothing that is without my approval. When I become one with Him, I realize if that kind of authority is in God, that kind of authority is in me. If I can bless the Lord, oh my soul. Listen, I'm a, let me just say it this way. How many have forgotten? Don't raise your hand. Just answer yourself. How many have forgotten what his benefits are? It's been so long since you experienced one, you forgot what it looked like. I don't remember the last time I really knew that God did this for me or God moved in this way on my behalf. I'm not saying that about me. I'm saying hypothetically. When's the last time 
you considered what, what his benefits were for you. What are they? You know what? I've got good news for you. It's a little bit different than health insurance in the United States. It's not something you can opt in or out of. His benefits are always available. His benefits are always available to you. And not just one or two, and, and you don't pay 50% and he pays 50%. His benefits are available to you because you say, you know what? I have come to the place where I am where I am because I like it here. I got here because of my own doing. You can, we, can, we can do it all day, all day. I can't emphasize it enough. We can always go and say, well, it's because of this and this and this and that and the other and something else that got me in this place and this is why I'm not there and this is why I'm not doing that and this is why this happened and, and blah, 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 blah. And, and we can lay, try to lay it on everybody else. At the end of the day, go ahead and look in the mirror because it's all your fault. Every single bit of it is your fault. Because the moment you blame somebody else, you just try to give them control over your will. But the minute we can lift our voice and we can say, I bless the Lord with my mind, my will, and my emotions. You know what that means, Christian? Can I just say, can I use you as an example? Christian's always been very honest and very open with me. Privately, I mean, not like out loud in front of everybody. (laughs) And uh, the, um, I know about your past, but if you choose to live there, it's on you. I'm using you as an example. If you choose to live in that place, always looking back to what that was, it's on you. And even if you say, I don't like it, you really do. Because you keep hanging out in it. If you are. I'm using it as an example. Seth? Same is true. We can look behind us. We can try to blame it. We can try to do all this. We can look back. And we can do all. If I'm there, it's on me. It's not on my past. My past didn't get me here. In fact, if I depended on my past to get somewhere, I can tell you it would have been a long ways from here. My past would have taken me to a lot different place. But I'm not where I'm at today. Can I go ahead and tell you the truth? And I'm going to wrap this up. I'm not where I'm at today standing in front of this church, standing in front of this people, preaching this gospel, because of someone else I'm here because of me I'm not here because of my dad not here because of my mom I'm not here because of Jesus I'm here because I chose to be here Now, I can choose what influences those decisions, but I made every single decision. When I got out of bed this morning, Jesus didn't wake me up and say, get yourself in that car, that truck, and get down there. I went. But it's because of the transformation in my life. But I chose. I am where I am because I have chosen to be here, just like some have chosen not to be. But when the two become one, where I am because I choose, because they said I give you a will. That's why he said I want you to worship me with your mind, your will, and your emotion. I want you to bless me with your mind, your will, and your emotion. I want you to release all of that to me. Your mind, your will, and your emotion. I've given you a will, but when the two become one, no one will be able to tell the difference between your will and mine. See, I got here because I made the choice to be here. I made the choices to be here. But I remain here because of the work He's doing in my life and because I am listening to His voice. And my will and His will have merged. 
So this house my spirit dwells in, it's his house. And he and I live together in this thing. And we are one. Because I'm determined. If I don't like where I'm at, the only person that can fix it is me. I can say, Father, I repent, and He'll forgive me. But I could keep on sinning if I wanted to. I have to make a choice even after repentance. Even after He's forgiven me, I have to make, I have to make a choice. Well, I'm going to do some things a little different. Something's going to change. Does anybody hear me in this room this morning? Two become one. The house my spirit lives in. My spirit, his spirit, we are one. It's his house. I'm going to honor it. And if I don't like the condition of this house, he doesn't like the condition of this house. And if he doesn't like the condition of this house, I better come to the place where I don't like the condition of this house. Because I want to honor him with it. Amen? Amen? Father, I lift my up. Stand with me if you would, please.